Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I am your host, Karen Curtis. And this episode of Full Rigor is about the dance of the feeding tube. I did an episode on the dance of the keys about a drunk woman who stumbled into a Wawa to puke in the bathroom and the fight that ensued over trying to prevent her from driving. The clerk took her keys, called police, then her friend gave her keys back to her. It was a bad idea. But in this case, the story is about a life or death fight over a feeding tube and whether or not a particular life is worth living. It's sort of the Roe v. Wade of euthanasia. So on February 25th, 1990, Terry Shivo, she was 26, went into cardiac arrest. Her heart stopped, just like Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter's heart stopped because she had anorexia nervosa, which was a very unknown eating disorder at the time. But in this case, it was due to bulimia. The difference between the two is anorexia, the victim or the patient just doesn't eat at all. With bulimia, the patient will eat and then purge either through lots of exercise, throwing up or laxatives. So Terry Shivo collapsed in her home in St. Petersburg, and she was successfully resuscitated, but she suffered massive brain damage. She went without oxygen for way too long, and doctors said that she was in a coma. And at that time, assisted suicide and DNRs were a popular conversation. Dr. Jack Kevorkian publicly championed a terminal patient's right to die by physician-assisted suicide. His quote was, dying is not a crime. Well, he was convicted of it, but... He said that he assisted in at least 130 patients' deaths, thus the moniker Dr. Death. And also at that time in 1991, the book Final Exit came out. It was written by Derek Humphrey, a British-born American journalist, author, and assisted suicide advocate who co-founded the now-defunct Hemlock Society in 1980 and co-founded the Final Exit Network in 2004. The book was published in 1991 by the Hemlock Society in the U.S. In hardcover, I read it. I was part of a medical panel that was a debate over assisted suicide. I was a health specialist at the ABC affiliate here in West Palm Beach and also in Gainesville. So I covered lots of stories about this and many other health issues. This was a very, very hot topic back in the 90s. You know, Kevorkian was convicted of second degree murder. So in the case of Terry Schiavo, two and a half months went by without any improvement and her diagnosis was changed to that of a persistent vegetative state or PVS. And for the next two years, doctors attempted Occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, other experimental therapies, hoping to return her to a state of awareness, which some people argued that she was aware. But they said that they had no success. And in 1998, Shivo's husband, Michael Shivo, who was also her legal guardian, petitioned the Sixth Circuit Court of Florida to remove her feeding tube. That was per Florida law at the time. He was opposed, of course, by her parents, Robert and Mary Schindler. They did not want their little girl to die, and they thought that she was aware. The court determined that Shivo would not have wished to continue life-prolonging measures. She didn't have any kind of a living will, but her husband believed that she would not want to be kept alive. And on April 24, 2001, her feeding tube was removed for the first time only to be reinstated days later. They took this feeding tube out and put it back in multiple, multiple times. It was really quite inhumane and horrific. 
So on February 25th, 2005, a Pinellas County judge again ordered the removal of Terry Schiavo's feeding tube and several appeals and federal government interventions happened, which included President Bush returning to Washington, D.C. to sign legislation, moving the case to the federal courts. And after all the appeals, the decision to remove the feeding tube finally was handed down and it was removed on March 18th, 2005. So she had the stroke. In 1990, she was kept alive for 15 years. She died on March 31st, 2005, basically because she wasn't given any water. So end-of-life issues, you know, is your loved one in a vegetative state or is your loved one aware? You can get, you know, a panel of doctors on one side saying, oh, she's aware. And you get a panel on the other side saying, no, your loved one is in a persistent vegetative state. You have a brain stem that still functions and it controls your involuntary functions like breathing. So you are brain dead, but you're alive because that part of your brain is still working. But are you aware? So in this case, Terry Schiavo had no living will to express her wishes. It became the most litigated case ever involving assisted suicide or end-of-life decisions. 19 judges heard the case through various appeals, ultimately all in Michael Schiavo's favor. They went to court more than anybody has ever gone to court, in my experience, in fighting about an end-of-life care case. This was probably the most litigated case that I can think of. We were up and down the federal court system, the state court system, many, many times. The first guy you heard there is Dr. Arthur Kaplan, and he is a medical ethicist, and he believes that this just went way overboard in terms of all of the appeals and the government getting involved in end-of-life issues. He was not on the side of Terry's parents who kept fighting, saying, please, please, please spare this innocent child. I think Peter Jennings from ABC News, he died of lung cancer, but he said it best at the time. Terry Schiavo's husband and her parents in Florida have been fighting for a long time about whether her feeding tube should be disconnected. I have a little story about Peter Jennings. Um, Just I'm taking a little hard right here for a moment, no pun intended, because I was the main anchor at Channel 25 with Reg Miller in the early 90s when this case was happening. And Peter Jennings came down to shoot some promos with us in our studio because we're an ABC affiliate. And so as Reg is standing on Peter Jennings' right, I'm on Peter Jennings' left, and we're putting on our microphones to record the promo, you know, join ABC News and Peter Jennings' nightly news after our news and that kind of thing. I'm putting on my microphone and Peter Jennings turns to me and he says... I'm staying at the Ritz. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, what side do you dress on? And I'm like putting on my microphone. I'm saying, I'm sure you mean my microphone. It's facing left. I'm putting it on left. And Peter told me then that he dresses on the left. I didn't understand what he meant. I'm sure he meant his microphone. After we cut the promos, Reg took me aside and he explained that dressing on the left was a haberdashery term and it meant what side of his pants did he put his male member on so the haberdasher or the tailor could make the pants accordingly. So I think Peter Jennings was hitting on me and I didn't get it. (sighs) 
Anyway, moving on. Tonight, this Congress is about to commit a travesty. Some patients who appear to be entirely vegetative are actually quite the opposite. She went several minutes without oxygen from her collapse and um, experienced a profound brain injury. The first uh, couple days, doctors didn't know if she was going to live or die. So as a health specialist, I covered a story about a baby who was born without a brain. It's called anencephaly. It's a severe congenital condition in which a large part of the brain is missing. It never formed. So the brain stem controls the involuntary functions, but the rest of the skull is empty. It was very sad. Ultimately, they decided the baby should be taken off its feeding tube and or life support. No way to know the baby's wishes. So in the beginning, Terry's husband, Michael Shivo, and Terry's parents were getting along until a doctor told them this in the late 90s. Here's her husband. It was to a point where Terry wasn't going to function. There was nothing more, and they, and they told us. Her mother was sitting right there at the time. There was nothing more they can do for Terry. So in 1998, Michael Shivo petitioned the court to remove her feeding tube, saying that she would not want to be kept alive in a vegetative state, but she did not have a living will. So ultimately, who gets the say? The husband or the parents? The husband's position was that removing the feeding tube would be her wish. The parents argued that it would be tantamount to murder. It's murder, and it's murder. The blood is not only on the judge's hands, it's on the husband's hands, and it's on the attorney's hands. It'll be legalized murder. My client wishes Terry would get up tomorrow. He'd be the happiest man on earth if his wife could get better. So this became a political football. It was unbelievable. In fact, at one time, it was leading all of the national newscasts. People think Terry was in a coma, she was brain dead, uh, that she was terminal. Terry was not dying. Terry had a, a profound brain injury, and our family wanted to care for her just the way she was. Just the way she was, and Dr. Arthur Kaplan, the medical ethics expert, he argued that Terry's responses, she was seemingly responding to like a balloon and to people talking to her. He said that they were not an indication that she was alert. He said that they were just reflexes. You be the judge. Here is a tape that Terry's parents made not long before she died. Is she reacting to her father with laughter, or is this a reflex? Oh, did you remember that? We used to laugh at that. Oh, yeah. He said, "Get mom, you all upset when you did that to her? You take your eye, let it roll in the side. Remember? Yeah. She's laughing, or is she? That mom would go crazy. And she said, Terry, what are you doing? So that tape made it look like she was actually thinking, feeling, and responding with laughter. There's a total of about 14 specialists in brain injury and stroke, mm-hmm. which is her situation, who have come out to point out that she's not in PVS, not in a coma, does respond, is alert, and actually has even the ability to communicate. Well, of course, medical ethicist Dr. Arthur Kaplan disagreed. It was irresponsible beyond belief that it was run unchallenged and unexamined. It was too attractive to the media not to use. Here she is. But it was assembled selectively and it was staged and it did not indicate what she could do. A lot of our 
bodily systems are run off that part of the brain that Terry still had. That tape used that fact and made it look as if she was thinking and feeling. Well, when you look at the tape, it's not edited. Her dad is talking to her and she's laughing. I don't know. It wasn't edited or staged. So the battle boiled down to Terry's wishes and the wishes of her parents. But did we really know Terry's wishes? Or was it just her husband's wishes so he could move on and remarry? She told me what she wanted. And the courts heard it over and over and over again. Please, please, please save my little girl. They became a cause. They got picked up by talk radio. They had religious groups weighing in on their behalf. Spare this innocent child. There was a fear across the board of euthanasia, assisted suicide, abortion, and abandonment of the disabled, if you will. That's what a lot of the motives were that drove those who rallied to the side of Terry's parents. To deliberately starve her to death is an act of cruelty and ultimately it's murder itself. Terry touched a nerve with so many people because they saw a family that was willing and wanting to care for her. They didn't understand why they weren't being allowed to do that. Right. I mean, wow. It was a tough case. Terry's husband blamed the media for fanning the flames. Let Terry live! No one would want to live this way. 20 times in court. 20 times. This is the Roe versus Wade of euthanasia. I used to say, what are these people doing? Why Terry? People's feeding tubes are removed every day. To this day, I don't know why. But it was very surreal. Should Terry Schiavo live or die? What evidence is there that this woman has any brain function or not? Well, Terry Schiavo was put on a list of women that included Mother Teresa and Oprah, who you just heard there, as one of the women who moved us the most in her final decade alive. Terry Schiavo moved people so much they threatened death to his attorneys and swarmed Michael's house. It's no fun getting up in the morning and looking under your car before you start the engine to see if there's a device because you've had people contact you saying that they're going to blow you to bits if you keep working on this case. My house was invaded day in and day out. And these are people pushing their views on me. You have your view on things and you have your beliefs on, that's great. But don't stand outside somebody else's house and push that on them. The more the fight played out in the court of public opinion and in the courts, the more political it got. In 2003, Florida's legislature passed Terry's law, which gave Governor Jeb Bush authority to have Terry's feeding tube reinserted six days after the courts ordered it removed. Who's going to look out for this girl's rights? We have to. We did what was right, and I'm proud of the legislature for responding. The state law was eventually found to be unconstitutional, so the feeding tube came back out and went back in. In 2005, the battle was taken up on Capitol Hill, and at that time, Shivo's feeding tube had been removed again. There are extraordinary events happening in Washington tonight as the U.S. Congress and President move toward passing a law before morning to intervene in the case of Terry Schiavo. If we do not act, she will die of thirst. The U.S. Congress wanted to pass a law that would allow Terry's parents to keep her alive, similar to the law passed and which was found unconstitutional in the state of Florida. Conservatives were fighting for a life, while liberals argued that the government and politicians had no place in deciding private family medical decisions. These are extraordinary circumstances that center on the most fundamental of human values and virtues, 
the sanctity of human life. Do we really want to insert ourselves in the middle of families' private matters all across America? This Congress should respect the law and the rulings of courts and not trample the Constitution. That female voice is Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She's a congresswoman representing Broward County here in South Florida. Now, the bill passed and President Bush signed it after midnight, and a federal judge refused to reinstate the feeding tube, despite the bill, saying the new law wouldn't survive in federal court. And on March 31st, 2005, the 41-year-old woman, remember she was 26 when she had the stroke because of her bulimia. Teresa Marie Schivo died. The final complication of a cardiac arrest that happened on February 25th, 1990. Harry is uh, weakening. Uh, you know, she's down to her last hours. It is with great sadness that... Um been reported to us that Terry Schiavo has passed away. Doctors said Terry would feel no pain even though she was starved to death and denied water. The end came this morning for Terry Schiavo and her husband's lawyer says she died peacefully 13 days after her feeding tube was removed. Terry, we love you dearly, but we know that God loves you more than we do. We must accept your untimely death as God's will. Was it God's will? She died from starvation, which was the cause of her stroke, the bulimia. The irony is just breathtaking. She was starving herself. That was her will. She died 13 days after her feeding tube was removed. She starved to death and didn't have any water. The autopsy did show the damage to her brain was massive and irreversible. In 1992, by the way, two years after the stroke, her husband Michael filed a malpractice suit against Terry's gynecologist on the basis that he failed to diagnose her bulimia, which was the cause of her infertility. Terry had gone to the doctor because she had stopped menstruating. It's called amenorrhea when you have your period and then you don't get it. It happens in dancers and runners. I had it when I was running tracking cross country in college at the University of Hawaii. It's common in gymnasts, ballerinas, and people with eating disorders. You're too thin to have a baby, so you just stop menstruating. The doctor had failed to take her medical history into account, which might have revealed the eating disorder of bulimia. And during the case, one of Terry's friends testified that she knew Shiva was bulimic. And in November of 1992, Michael won the case and was awarded $6.8 million by a jury. It was then reduced to $2 million as Terry was found to be partly at fault for her own death and condition. Now, after attorney's fees and other expenses, Michael got about 300000 and 750000 was put into a trust for Terry's medical care. And according to Michael, in early 2003, the Schindlers, her parents, demanded that he share the malpractice money with them. It really boiled down to who could control the life and death of Terry Schiavo, her parents or her husband. Ultimately, the courts ruled her husband had control. My advice is just have your living will. Have your wishes be known in a legal document. So this type of tug of war, this type of dance of the feeding tube doesn't happen to you. I mean, her case involved 14 appeals, numerous legal motions, petitions, hearings in Florida, five suits in federal district court, extensive political intervention at the levels of the Florida state legislature, Governor Jeb Bush, U.S. Congress, President George W. Bush, and four denials of any kind of Supreme Court intervention. And since Shivo's death, both her husband and her family have written books on their sides of the case, and both have also been involved in activism over related issues. I mean, the mind reels 
when you talk about abortion, the right to life, execution, capital punishment, is it state-sanctioned murder? All of these things are very difficult topics. And when a life is in the balance, there's lots of different opinions and everyone thinks their opinion is right. I'm sorry I got really heady on this episode, (laughs) full rigor. But I thought it was something we should talk about. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Message me if you have an idea for a podcast. And keep listening. I'm really enjoying the growth of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. That wraps up Full Rigor.